Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 753 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, Carissa is on the show with us. She's going to talk about a number of issues that she's having trouble figuring out. Carissa is the mother of a child with type 1, the wife of a man who has type 1 diabetes, and she is the daughter-in-law of a woman with type 1 diabetes. Diabetes has Carissa surrounded on all sides. While you're listening today, please remember, please remember, please, oh boy, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes and you're from the United States of the Americas or are the caregiver of someone with type 1, all you need to do is fill out the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Please go do that now. It helps people with type 1 diabetes. It helps you and it helps me. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. My voice got very strange there because I hey. All right. You ready for Carissa? This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. InPen is an insulin pen that does more than you expect. Learn more about it at InPenToday.com. The podcast is also sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. And in the time it took me to say that URL, I picked up my phone, opened it up, and saw that Arden's blood sugar is 90. You can do that too. More information in the ad that is forthcoming. Hello, my name is Carissa. I'm typically synonymous with a yellow hoodie or a frog hat. Um, I live in rural Missouri, and that's probably enough weirdness to get you started. <laughs> I'm sorry, frog hat, you said? Yes. Um, when I joined the guard, the guys did not know what they got themselves into because I showed up in a frog hat and pink rain boots. The, the, like the government port, like the national guard. Yeah. The air national guard. Air national. Um, yeah. The subsect of the air force there. We fly planes out of Missouri. Nope. Um, I actually joined in Vermont and I was an aerospace ground equipment mechanic. Gotcha. So that was fun. I was like, why are we flying such a, like extra distance to get to the border? Like, why don't we, put them, <laughs> we should put them closer to the ocean, shouldn't we? <laughs> well, actually, Missouri does have an air guard unit as well, as well as an active air force base. Okay. Um, they just have a different mission. Can you tell me what the mission is or do you not know? I don't actually know. I mean, I know it's like flying and stuff. Um, but the, I think they have different jets. We were F-16s. Um, although they've the even the guard unit in Vermont has transitioned to the F-35. So how how does that work? Is it a, it's not a full time commitment, right? No. Um, it was uh, when I was doing it. It was one weekend a month, uh, two weeks a year training, and then I got to volunteer for TDYs and deployments. And so I got to learn a lot and have a lot of fun with those. TDY. Uh, temporary. It's it's just a two week training. I should know what it stands for. I don't. It's okay. 
hold on. That's that's not a big deal. <laughs> I just I, <laughs> like, darn it. I thought I knew something here. You were like, I do TDYs all the time. What do they stand for? I don't know. <laughs> big part of my life, though. I, I, I get to go somewhere for two weeks and change the scenery. I don't know. It's fun. Do you do you think you were the only person to show up that day with a frog hat on, or were there? Um, you know, judging from their expressions, probably yes. Um, they had other. They had had a few other women in their shop before, um, and when I when I enlisted, I wasn't the only the only girl in the shop, which okay. was kind of cool. How long did you do um, it for? So I was in. So I enlisted in two thousand eight, um, and then I took an active duty assignment in two thousand six. Did that for three years, wrecked my back, um, moved to Missouri, and so I'm inactive now, which is why I have good health insurance. Uh, but once the paperwork is processed, then, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to shift gears there. So do, do you have type one or are you the parent of someone with type one? Uh, I'm the parent. Uh, my two and a half year old son, Calvin has type one and his dad has type one and also his grandmother. They were all diagnosed right around the same time. So really? That was weird. Uh, the yes. gra- grandmother, the, uh, her son and her grandchild were diagnosed all around the same time. Yeah, so my husband was diagnosed first, and then like six to nine months later, he walked. My husband walks in the door and says, "Guess what? My mom was diagnosed with type one." And it was it was like we had had conversations. You know, if the kids ever get type one, at least they'll be older, and we don't have to worry about it. And we miss all the stinking signs. We just thought Calvin was growing. He had recently had vaccinations, so you know we attributed you know some of the sleepiness to that and growing and. Yeah, he went into DKA. Um, I sent a picture of his breathing to my sister, who's an army combat medic. And she says, you know, that's not right. Take him in. Um, And he had been vomiting and stuff, too. But he had kind of stopped vomiting. So we thought maybe that was a good sign. Um, But, yeah, when his breathing went south, that was that was the catalyst there. How old was Calvin when he was diagnosed? 16 months. Wow. And he's two and a half now. Yep. I might call this episode Calvin and Frogs. That's awesome. I know. Did oh, that you, would make me happy. I know. Did you name him after Calvin and Hobbes? Yes. I knew you did. And I don't know you at all. And in four <laughs> minutes of talking to you, I was like, she named that kid after that comic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. My husband's a huge fan, too. So it works out. That's excellent. You know, I have a fairly massive Calvin and Hobbes tattoo on my leg. You actually said that on a Facebook post. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, you can't say it. It's mine. It's private. But um, although I could <laughs> I could probably shine it up with a little bit of like uh, lotion, make it look a make it look summertime ready and get it out for somebody. Who knows? There um, you go. <laughs> that's fascinating. I really I'm so pleased with myself that I figured that out so quickly. I could stop the episode right now and be completely happy with this. You'd all listening would be like, wait, what did I download this for? But I'm I'm completely <laughs> satisfied at this point. <laughs> Everything's going to be a bonus after this, Carissa. Um, how long have you been married? Um, let's see. We got married at the end of 2017, so not very long. A couple of years. Yeah, okay. Three, four years. You've been married. Kid, two and a half years old. Any other kids or just this one? Yep. Phoebe just turned four. Oh, two children. Yeah. Little girl? Yep. Okay. Well, I wouldn't name her Phoebe if she was a boy, but... Listen, I don't know how to judge the world. I, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't going to. Yeah, I mean, you know, if she decides at some point that gender reassignment is a thing, she she could, you know, decide to keep her name and just say Phoebe as a boy. I don't know. 
I'm okay with it. I, I right? don't have any opinions about anything. What do you think of that? Um, that's awesome. No, that's great. <laughs> I seriously don't. Um, okay, so little girl four, little boy two and a half. He's had diabetes since he was 16 months old. That's only maybe a year. Not even, You're not even up to a year yet, right? Um, it's been a little over a year. Little over. Uh, he was diagnosed October 2020. And how long so. has your husband had it? A couple of years now, um, because he was diagnosed right after we moved to Missouri. It was actually a giant fluke of a thing that we even caught it. Um, So so that was 2019, right after Calvin was born. How was he died? How was the husband? The husband. How was that boy diagnosed that you married? (laughs) (laughs) So he, we moved up to Missouri and I um, wanted to get us all into a clinic, um, near our house. So I made us all go in for checkups to do the new patient and processing and stuff like that. And they ran his A1C. It was high. So they diagnosed him type two. He had, so my husband is prior military as well. Um, So he went to an appointment at the VA and the VA nurse said, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but you do not fit the picture of a type two, get tested for type one. Hmm. He did. And his uh, antibodies came back positive. Okay. And then did his diagnosis lead him to understanding his mom's problem or did she have her own sort of like diagnosis story? And how old was she when she was diagnosed? She's in her early fifties and I don't know a lot about her diagnosis story, but I mean, they caught it early as well. Um, She's still able to manage with a low carb diet, Mm -hmm. um, just trying to prolong um, kind of the life of her pancreas. And then I think now she does like a once a week shot. Oh, she's got some sort of a honeymoon going on? That seems pretty... Uh, so they're both Lada, so it's very oh, slow onset. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. so your husband is Lada as well? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm sorry. I'm stuck. There's so much there I didn't expect. <laughs> I, could feel, I could feel my brain reordering everything that you've said. <laughs> yeah, mean, you know, <laughs> depending on how much you want to talk about and what aspects your brain might just do this the whole time because our life is kind of that so <laughs> well good luck <laughs> it's fine how was it becoming the wife of a type one what was that like so at first I was kind of a jerk about it I was like you know what it's your thing you deal with it you don't want me out down your throat because I'm kind of a pain in the butt like for real I am a pain in the butt mm-hmm. because I worry about everything I will fuss about everything until I absolutely understand it so when Josh was first diagnosed, it was like, okay, it's your thing. You deal with it. Just let me know if you need me. Um, and then when Calvin was diagnosed, that's when I really dug in because, you know, I managed Calvin's care. And so then Josh got, <laughs> Josh kind of got the aftermath of all of that. So um, I did end up getting involved in Josh's care, especially because, you know, with his blood sugars, he was also kind of mean <laughs> Okay. when he wasn't taking care of himself. So now he has a CGM. <laughs> so his blood sugars were high and he was difficult to be around? Um, so they were mostly high. Um, and that didn't seem to bother him as much. It's when he would get active and in a project, like a physical project, and he would go low. Like he just said some really mean targeted things that he doesn't realize. Gotcha. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, uh, personal, heartful, like to everybody, not just you. Um, I think if he had, t- like, if he had, 
if he spoke to anybody else on a regular basis, it would probably be across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but yeah, lucky no, you. it's, huh? But lucky you, you're there, huh? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and he doesn't even realize it, too. He's such a bonehead sometimes. No, I understand. So you basically learned things about Calvin's care and then looked at your husband and was like, he needs this help, too. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, th- so you initially, after saying, you're an adult, you can handle this you learn more through your son and realize maybe he needs help that he doesn't know about. And then you jumped in and did you kind of write both the ships or how are things going? So he still um, primarily does his own care. He does his own adjustments and his insulin. He doesn't track anything. So the only way I can really look at things is when I pull up his Libre app and start sifting through it. If I think he like, if I think he needs something and he's not doing it on his own. Okay. How often do you look at his stuff? Maybe once every couple of months. Okay, so you're not to, you're not too involved to begin with, but you're also busy because having a two year old with diabetes is not easy. No, and it's been a monstrosity lately. Um, Calvin was in the hospital about a week ago with a stomach bug, hmm. and so like his body has completely changed in his management. So right now his body is absorbing glucose so slowly that I actually have to give the carbs a lead time before I dose, and I'm dosing it um, in half unit increments, kind of like a pump instead of, you know, if he eats so many carbs, I'll give him a unit. I can't do that. It'll crash it. So I have to stagger the half unit. Yeah. How much does he weigh? Uh, he was 30 pounds. Um, he lost, like we all lost a lot of fluids with this virus, except for Josh. Josh actually came out of it. Okay. Um, but when I had it, I had it right before he did. And I had been having some gastrointestinal issues. So I thought it, anyway. So I thought it was that. And then Calvin got sick and I lost like eight pounds of fluids on that virus. Wait, virus COVID? No, no. just a stomach bug. A stomach. We actually had COVID twice already. Look it's, at you overachievers. Ah, I hate it. <laughs> like we got vaccinated too. Like that's the not funny part. Like, come on, man. Wait a minute. You, you, you don't, you live in the middle of nowhere. How did you meet enough people to get COVID? What's going on? Um, I go grocery shopping once a week. You can't That's do all that. I can think you can't. You can't do that. You have to. You have I know. To have the food airdropped if these people are not going to take it seriously and give you the COVID. Um, oh, Missouri doesn't. Missouri is very, you know, everybody's going to get it. Why worry about it? And so that's kind of. Um, yeah. Was it was it any different the first time? Well, so real quickly, just asking you, you were vaccinated mm-hmm. when you got it the first time. Yeah. And how was the experience of being sick? Um, so the first time I was mostly just tired. Josh lost his sense of smell. The second time it really kicked my butt because it kind of just flared up everything I had already had going on. So I had muscle aches. I was tired. Like my joints hurt. Like it was just miserable. Gotcha. Um, did it last any longer or shorter the first or the second time? I feel like it lasted a little longer the second time too. I had COVID fatigue for an extra couple of weeks after that. How about the kids? Did they get it? Um, so the first time the kids didn't miss a beat, the second time Calvin's blood sugars acted like he was sick, but he didn't show any physical symptoms. It was weird. That's interesting. Wow. How old are you? 36. Okay. I don't know why that makes it okay. Like for some reason, (laughs) if you were in your twenties, I'd be like, oh goodness. But I was like, all right, she can handle this. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so here's the other thing. My husband's dad got COVID and he's unvaccinated, had some health issues. Um, we found out he had COVID right before 
Thanksgiving and he ended up dying a week later. Josh had to make an emergency trip out to Arizona. Oh, I'm sorry. And his blood sugars during that period were really interesting. Your husband's were. Yeah. From adrenaline and uh, anxiety, you think? Things like that? Uh, mostly adrenaline. Josh does not typically exhibit physical symptoms of being stressed out, but you could see it in his blood sugar. Yeah. You can see it in my face. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I'm still looking at your picture, so you don't look particularly stressed right now. Uh, in that photo, I was I I was like six days into a a, a week off, and I nice. And I hadn't That's been cool. around I hadn't been around diabetes for like for a while, and I was somewhere where the weather was nice, and my son was having fun, and there was a lot going on there. That but, uh, yeah, but when I'm upset, you can you can just see it in my face. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not particularly good at hiding it. I don't believe. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Wow. There's a, what made you want to come on the podcast? Um, I actually wanted my husband to come on because, um, so. <laughs> this is going great then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I just, I, I get nervous clearly. Um, I lose clearly? my words. I start shaking. Like I'm kind of a hot mess. Wait, wait, so, wait, hold on. Slow down. What do you mean? Clearly you think you've come off as nervous so far? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I've, like shaking you're shaking you yeah a little bit sit on it's your cool. hands fine i have coffee <laughs> you're it'll fine. be fine well i mean listen from my perspective you, you're not nervous that's positive yeah cool. that's positive okay so you why did you want him to come on because the story is just really interesting and um so his diagnosis you know he was diagnosed and then his mom was diagnosed and it's son is diagnosed like it's a different perspective from me because i can still kind of stay disconnected mm-hmm. you know he had to deal with all of this diabetes while dealing with his own or not dealing with his own diabetes because he wasn't at the time but right. i mean that's beside the point but his onset um too so calvin's birth was actually a little traumatic um we were moving out of base housing out of florida and I got preeclampsia the week we were moving. So we were supposed to move to Missouri on a Friday. I ended up in the hospital and on, on a Monday. Calvin was born by emergency C-section on the Saturday. Josh wanted to come be with me. And I told him, no, you need to close up this house because we are not staying in Florida. <laughs> and so he and he had Phoebe with him. She was 18 months at the time. So he was trying to close up the house with a toddler while his wife is in the hospital, not sure if she was going to be okay. And then his son was born. The hospital called him late. It was, um, yeah. A mess. Yeah, it is yeah. a mess. Oh, that's nice. Uh, and so you thought that his perspective on that story was interesting because he got diabetes first and then got to watch it happen around him two other times. Today's episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. InPen is an insulin pen that offers some of the functionality that you've come to expect from an insulin pump. I know you're thinking, oh, Scott, please tell me more. Well, I will. Yes, the InPen is a pen, but it also has an application that lives on your smart device. This app shows you your current glucose levels, meal history, dose history, an activity log, glucose history, active insulin remaining, a dosing calculator, and reports that you and your physician can use while you're trying to decide what your next step is. Well, 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 it's not just an insulin pen. Now is it? InPenToday.com. That's where you're going to find out 
more information, and get started. If you're ready to try the Impen, just fill out the form at impentoday.com or do some more reading. There's actually some videos you can check out too about the dosing calculator, the dose reminders, carb counting support, and the digital logbook. So if you want to lighten your diabetes management load, but you're not ready for an insulin pump, InPen is probably right for you. InPenToday.com. InPen also offers 24-hour technical support, hands-on product training, and online educational resources. And here's something else that you'll find at InPenToday.com that is actually very exciting. Now, this offer is for people with commercial insurance, and terms and conditions do apply. But you may pay as little as $35 for the InPen. And that's because Medtronic Diabetes does not want cost to be a roadblock to you getting the therapy you need with InPen. $35. How crazy is that? InPenToday.com. InPen requires a prescription and settings from your healthcare provider. You must use proper settings and follow the instructions as directed, or you could experience high or low glucose levels. For more safety information or to get started today, you can go to InPenToday.com. How would you like to know what your blood sugar is without poking a hole in your finger? You can with the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System, which is available at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Not only does Dexcom offer zero finger sticks, but you can get your glucose readings right on your smart device. That's your iPhone or your Android. Don't have a phone? That's okay. You can use Dexcom's receiver on any of these devices you're able to set up customizable alerts and alarms, setting your optimal range so that you'll get notified when your glucose levels go too high or too low. And you can share this data with up to 10 followers. Imagine what that could look like. Your child could be at school and their data could be available to you, your spouse, their aunt, the school nurse, anyone who you choose. My daughter's been wearing a Dexcom forever and it helps us in multiple ways. Around meals, we're able to see if our boluses are well-timed and well-measured. If they aren't, we can tell by how her blood sugar reacts and then go back the next time and make an adjustment. Without the Dexcom CGM, we're sort of flying blind, but not just at meals, also during activity and sleep. The Dexcom offers us an unprecedented level of comfort and security. Being able to see my daughter's blood sugars in real time, and not just the number, but the speed and direction, is an absolute game changer if you're using insulin. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Head over there today to see if you're eligible for a free 10-day trial of the Dexcom G6. The Dexcom is at the center of how we've been able to keep our daughter's A1C between 5.2 and 6.2 for over seven years. We've been able to minimize variability and keep her blood sugars in a stable range because of the information that we can see with the Dexcom. These are our results and yours may vary, but using Dexcom's feedback has helped my daughter, without any food restrictions, live a more normal and healthy life. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. When you use my links to reach the advertisers, you're supporting the podcast. I thank you very much for finding those links and clicking on them or typing them in, as I've said in the ads. Right. And he, like in retrospect, he kind of thinks that 
that whole sequence of events may have been what triggered his diabetes because he didn't get sick or anything like that. Like there was no obvious um, catalyst except that time of stress. So the birth, wait, you're saying around Calvin's birth and the the changing of the house mm-hmm. was very stressful for your husband. Yes. Uh, you know, obviously. And then, yeah. he's, then he gets his diagnosis soon after that. Yep. Gotcha. Are there other autoimmune diseases in his family? Uh, Not so far. Um, He had mentioned, so when we first got together, you know, we had talked about diabetes because my grandpa had type two diabetes and he had mentioned some of his other family members, like great aunts and uncles, maybe it was just great uncles. I don't know. Somebody had something get amputated, but we never connected it because back then diabetes was just diabetes. We never connected it as type one. You're just like, ah, Okay, they had diabetes. That runs on both sides of our family. That gotcha. sucks. Okay, and this was like some great uncle that might have had type 1. Yeah. Yeah, all right. But you don't see any other stuff, celiac? Uh, how about people who are like crazy, like uh, allergic to things or... Um, not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> Do you guys talk enough that you would know? Um. So my family history kind of... I kind of find out things in pieces. Um, and I think his is the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was tested for celiac 10 years ago, came back negative. Calvin was tested at diagnosis and while he was in the hospital, because I guess they do that annually now that he's type one, yes. which is great. That makes me really happy. Um, so, you know, no, no positive, you know, there. Um Josh's family history, you know, his dad had some health issues, but they were surrounding his like blood clots. He had some blood clot issues. Um, so nothing we know about autoimmune there. And then on his mom's side, on his mom's side, is just the diabetes. Oh, you know what? There is something. So dementia runs on both sides of my family. My grandma on my mom's or on my dad's side had Alzheimer's. My grandma on my mom's side had Lewy body disease, mm-hmm. um, which is another form of dementia. So I know you posted something about the Alzheimer's. That's why I was really, really interested in that. Yeah. I think that those are, <clears throat> that there's enough research around that, that talks about inflammation that makes you just kind of wonder, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, cause I did some additional reading and the, uh, the evidence you know, connecting all of these autoimmunities is pretty damning. Yeah. No, I know. Um, let's see. I'm looking at something here. Body's immune system may be involved in Louis body, Louis to body dementia. Okay. So <clears throat> this is from the NIH T cells, which are key players in the body's immune system may be involved in the ge- degeneration of neurons and Louis body, according to an IA-supported study, researchers at Stanford Northwestern identify how a certain type of T-cells, which is involved in autoimmune disease, may travel to the brain to destroy neurons. <clears throat> so, good times. Um, yeah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. <laughs> nah, probably not. You know, or maybe. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just rolling with it. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to be bonkers when I get old. It's cool. Women in my family lived forever, so I'm just not going to know anything or anything, and I'm going to have a good time. Just be old and like, uh, just like, I, listen, let me tell you a story. So we were away this weekend, and um, my mom is, you know, 79. She's just gotten her third round of chemotherapy. She's doing well by all accounts. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says to me, um, 
you know, take some pictures while you're out looking at colleges with Arden and send them to me. I was like, all right. So I sent her a number of pictures. She's 79, so it's not like she she doesn't hear the ding and go right to her text. Like, usually I know if I text my mom something, I might hear back from, about it in a day or so. Right. And um, next day, she I get this phone call from her. She goes, hey, who's this guy in this photo with Arden? And I'm like, what is she talking about? I was like, what photo, mom? And she... You know, she describes the picture to me, and I open up on my my text messages. I was like, "That that's me, mom." And she goes, "That's you?" And I said, "Yeah." And she goes, "Oh, I can't believe I didn't recognize you." I was like, "Me either." Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm texting my brother, so I'm like sending the picture to my brother. It's like, uh, mom doesn't know who the guy in this photo is. Uh, like, I think we should start with getting her eyes checked. You, you know, let's let's hope for that. You, you know, right. but I don't know what's going to be like. I'm sitting here right now telling you I can't. I'm not certain why my mom doesn't recognize me in a photograph. I mean, sure, I photograph way handsomer than I am in person, right? I mean, I'm basically a model, but um, it, it shouldn't be that confusing. And um, right. you know, I mean, can you imagine if you knew when you were 36 that that might happen one day? Who would care? You, you know what I mean? Like, like who would care? Like, it, it's too far into the future. Screw it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, no, I really don't. It's just, it's something I've kind of accepted as a possibility. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of worry there. Good, good. Um, perfect. Sorry, I'm answering a text. I, I don't mean to do that, but it's time. You're fine. Se- I'm time coffee then. Yeah, I'm trying to, uh, well, I guess more like COVID related craziness. We've had a, we had a leak in our shower. Oh no! And um, you know, so we contact a lifelong friend who's a builder, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, "Hey, listen, um, I need my shower fixed." This is July. For context, we're speaking now in the middle of February. Um, and yeah. He, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, sure, beginning of the year." And I went, mm-hmm. "You, you can't just fix my shower prior to six months, like, like, like from now." And he's like, "No." And I was like, "He goes, COVID." And I went, "Wait, COVID." I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> I said, are people just using this as an excuse now? <laughs> like, like, what's happening exactly? And he said, all of my jobs are behind because I can't get materials. Oh, And yeah. I was like, oh, yep. no kidding. That's yep. crazy. And I didn't think of that. Y- you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, so hold on one second. So he just tried to call me. Oh, yeah, you don't want to miss that if you waited that long. I'm telling my wife. <laughs> Hold on. So I'm telling my wife, who will almost assuredly say, you can just call him when it's... <laughs> I would do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you'll be done in like an hour. Just call him then. Um, I, I'm now. I've sent her all the information. What happens next? No one knows. But I like. How, yeah. My my wife's been like since she was 20. Like she's like, I'll do it. And I'm like, go ahead. And she's like, oh yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I. There are definitely things I push to my husband just because I can now that <laughs> I had to deal with when I was single. So my tire blew on Friday, like mm-hmm. blew on the freeway. I'm on the side of the road. I'm mad, you know, call the tow truck. 
So the car has been at the shop since then. And this morning, you know, we needed to go bring the keys and, you know, Josh brought up, I could do it and I could go get my coffee. And I was like, or, or you can do it and you can bring me coffee. And he did. (laughs) And it's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have that. I gotta be honest. (laughs) I, I, um, at one point this morning, you know, I, I, so we get home last night, like we drove Thursday, mm-hmm. 15 hours, like stri- right. straight shot. Um, yeah. Then, you know, ate something we shouldn't have eaten too late at night, went to bed, got up in the morning, did a whole day of like sightseeing. I'm not sure what happened to my voice just then. Sightseeing, going around this college campus, trying to figure things out. We got there a day prior to when the tour was so we could, you know, kind of get the lay of the land and figure things out. Next day, full tour all day, massive day. My knee sore at the end of the day, very unpleasant. Um, and the, oh, but hold on a second. And then, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because my wife just texted me back. Just call him when you're done; it'll be fine. <laughs> I can't schedule anything. I can't see your calendar. My my iPad is like right next to where she is right now. She could pick it up and look at my calendar, but she means it's not on her phone. So um, anyway, this seems like she doesn't want to be involved in this. Um, (laughs) As as unfair as as it is, I'm totally on her side though. I would do the same thing. This is a man she grew up across the street from. She's known him her entire life. Yeah, I'd still do it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I listen. (laughs) I I see how it is. So anyway, uh, all day Saturday, do this tour, you know, eat some dinner, go to bed, get up, drive 15 hours home, you know, get home last night, you know, crawl into bed, all of us. Like, we all just, like, it was just me, Arden, and Kelly. We got in our bed. Like, we're sitting there, like, let's just put one TV show on before we go to bed. They pick a TV show I freaking hate. (laughs) And then I get up this morning. I've got to go get the dogs from the kennel before I talk to you. So I'm rushing around like a lunatic. The lady at the kennel is trying to be like cordial. And I'm like, honey, I got to go. <laughs> like, like so I'm running out the door to come speak with you. And then in the middle of it, the guy I've been waiting for a phone call from for eight months calls. And I'm like, hey, can you just text him? She's like, no, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> and I just want that story to sit here for all time memoriam so that any men who might hear it in the future... <laughs> We'll know what to expect. I drove the entire trip both directions. And and the other people in the car are like, we could drive. We could drive. Just ask. I was like, mm, you don't mean that. So anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, my, so in my husband's case, in my husband's case, he actually won't let me drive because he's terrified of my driving. He hates <laughs> it. He would rather just drive to exhaustion because he doesn't want to deal with my stuff. Why is your driving so bad? It's not. He's just dramatic. He's dramatic. Maybe his <laughs> maybe his blood sugar was high when he asked her. Hey, looking back, do you see any um, things about your husband's diabetes that may have existed longer or before you knew he had Lada? No, because he did mention that he was thirsty all the time, but he didn't tell me about any of that. <laughs> he just kind of did his thing. How long is he, how long did he, in hindsight, tell you he had been thirsty for? Like years of thirst or months or? Uh, maybe a month or two. Oh, okay. Not, not anything significant. I gotcha. So what do you find interesting about his story? I mean, he's not here. By the way, how did this happen? Did you say you should be on the podcast? And he's like, I'm not doing that. You do it. So when I brought it, like when I brought it up on the Facebook page, 
because uh, you had posted looking for people and I was like, oh, my husband should do it. That's the weekend. That's the week his dad died. So I never brought it up. Oh, oh, I see. You put the cart before the horse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I wanted to talk to him about doing it. Um, and then it's just. It never happened that uh, way. No. Oh. And I did like mention much, much later, you know, when I told him that I was going to do it. I was like, yeah, I really wanted you to do it. But. You know, that's the week your dad did. So I didn't feel comfortable bringing it up. Um, <laughs> and then you posted looking for somebody who had, you know, another autoimmune disease. And I was like, well, I don't, but I've been tested for everything. <laughs> Why have you been tested for everything? Because I have unexplained joint pain um, and fatigue and a host of symptoms that I can't even remember in any given date and time unless I'm experiencing it. It's frustrating. Have you had them your whole life or are they something that's new? They're so they kind of um, they have different onset times. Um, like the joint pain started in 2018 after Phoebe was born. After um, so in 2018, I had an MRI and they showed a minor back injury, and then I got sent back to work with some heavy equipment mechanics. And they the the doctors on the Air Force base told me, "Oh, it'll fix itself." It did not. It got worse, so I had to have surgery eventually. But the joint pain started post that. Um, and so I ended up being tested like, um, so even while I was pregnant with Calvin, they tested um, for, uh, actually, I have a spreadsheet for this. My yes. memory is not great. So cool. I have a spreadsheet for everything. Get it out. This is crazy. <laughs> you have a spreadsheet for your pain. I love it. Get it out. I have a spreadsheet sheet for symptoms. I have a spreadsheet for every bit of blood work that I have record of i want to hear about a lot of this so tell me when it's in front of you okay so i've got it pulled up um let's see joint pain the 2018 you're t- like 32 33 years old you had had none of this prior to that i'm sorry say that one more time i said this is about three or so years ago but you didn't have any of this pain prior to that so prior to your early 30s Nope. Um, prior to my early thirties, I had, um, gastrointestinal issues. Mm-hmm. And so that's also been kind of a thing, but I just figured, well, so I just figured I had food intolerances. Like I was gluten-free for a lot of years. Um, but before I got pregnant, I started eating gluten again, just in like small amounts because I didn't want, I don't know if this is logical at all, but this was my theory at the time. I didn't want my kids to have a reaction to gluten because they hadn't been exposed to it. So you you tried to expose them in utero? Yes. Did it make you poopy um, pants again? Did you like did it bother your belly? So it really didn't. So I had read that pregnancy is more synonymous with constipation. So I figured they would kind of balance each other out. <laughs> and it kind of did. Chrissy, you're my kind of mad scientist. Keep going. (laughs) Like for once in my life, my system just kind of worked. (laughs) I was like, all right, this works. So you're better pregnant. Things work better when you're pregnant. Uh, Only in that respect. Other than that, pregnancy was miserable. I hated it, but the kids are cool. So it's all right. It's okay. So, okay. So you did that. And then Mm -hmm. after having your daughter, you started experiencing joint pain? Yes. Where? What joints? All, all of them. <laughs> Tight yeah, neck so they, down to wrists, uh, fingers, ankles. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, is um, the- although in retrospect, the um, knee and ankle pain 
could actually have been related to the back injury as opposed to actual joint. So the back maybe had your gait off and maybe messed with your other joints. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because I mean, from so from from kind of the waist down, well, not the waist, from uh, the lower back down. You know, I have um, I have nerve pain issues, and so those will manifest in my knees and my ankles hurting. Yes. And for how long and how frequently? Uh, so right now it's not as bad. So I have a spinal cord stimulator implant. Um, but before I had the back surgery, it was, um, it was whenever I would be up and moving, Mm -hmm. um, just the pressure would, you know, cause the, cause the nerve endings to bottom out and cause pain in those areas. What was the back injury? Uh, it is a, Pull that up too. Um, because I let me I mean, how did you do it? Do you lift something, something fall on you? Like so that was actually one of the more frustrating things is it wasn't one event. And I had to fight with the DA to get disability for it because it wasn't one um traumatic event that caused the disbulge and the um pull up my health profile here give you the technical stuff um it was just repeated wear and tear because i was a heavy oh so actually you know what let me give you some context to this um before i had kids i was five foot two 120 pounds working heavy equipment mechanics mm-hmm. um so after i had phoebe i struggled to lose the weight and i'm a fluffy girl now um which is fine. It's not so bad as long as I can stop gaining the stinking weight. Um, but really, mother trucker. Okay. Um, I lost my train. Where did I go? Well, I can help you. You're lucky because okay. I've been listening, even if you have not been. You were trying <laughs> to give context. You said I was 5'2, 120 before I had the baby. After the baby, weight was a little difficult to get rid of. Fluffy now, not a bothersome thing for you. Um, I think you were looking for body contacts for me, but you were doing a tough job, a heavy machine, something. That's what it was. Yep. Um, so I worked on, um, so I did um, diesel mechanics. Um, I worked on hydraulic test stands on uh, combined generator air conditioning units, like big, big equipment. Mm-hmm. So it was a big job for a little person. And so the wear and tear, um, if had my back injury had been treated when it was minor, I probably would have been fine. Okay. However, it wasn't. The doctors just told me, ah, it'll fix itself, go back to work, and it escalated. And it got worse. And and what did worse mean? What what did you lose function of? Uh, so I was in pain all the time. I was angry. I, um, you know, I had back pain, uh, hip pain, knee pain ankle pain, like just constant. Yeah. Do your wrists uh, hurt? They do. Yeah. Shoulders. Yeah. The right one more than the left. Okay. So uh, sciatica, right side, other spondylosis with radiculopathy, lumbar region, lumbar degenerative disc disease, lumbar facet. At, at, I just wrecked my back. Yeah. It's kind of a doing stuff yeah you just you kind of weren't ready for i guess and or your body wasn't ever going to be okay with it sounds like yeah then it got worse and worse 
Um, did it debilitate you? Is that how you finally got out of it? Yeah. So I was a 30, uh, I was 35 when I got back surgery. I was a 35 year old walking with a cane. Mm. That's fun. Um, how old were you when you had Phoebe? 33. Okay. And then you had back surgery and then you had Calvin. Um, I had Calvin and then I had back surgery. The okay. reason that we decided to have Calvin when we did is because I was already in pain. Like I already had uh, chronic back pain and chronic joint pain. Mm -hmm. And I thought if we waited, I wasn't going to be able to have another kid. And I really like I had my brother and sister growing up and we're super close. And so I really wanted Phoebe to have that. Yeah, I see. Do you, how do you manage the pain now? Spinal cord stimulator. It's awesome. Okay. Is it internal or external? It's internal. So I have two leads that are implanted along the spinal cord and there's a battery pack that's underneath my skin. Mm -hmm. That feels really funny. And then I have a remote, a cool little remote that lets me adjust the, the vibration. It's constant. Mm -hmm. And what does it do? Confuse the nerves or. Um, maybe actually, um, it just like it, you know how a TENS unit works where it just kind of works things out for you. Yeah. It's that, but internal. So the, so is there no pain now with the stimulator? Very little to none. Yeah. Wow. No kidding. Do you ever have to like yak it up a little bit? Like, does it ever need yeah. more? It does. Yeah. Um, when I'm working, like if I'm doing anything physical, I definitely do. Um, we're going to build a fence today for my garden. And mm -hmm. so I'll probably have to jack it up after that. Gotcha. But. They need an app for the phone. You don't want to mess with a remote. I'd like to see it right on your phone. I mean, that would be nice. Would be. Nice. <laughs> and so did that alleviate joint pain, knee pain, hip pain? Like what did it fix? So it helps. Um, so the knees and the ankles um, may have additional issue, um, wear and tear issues, but I haven't followed up on it. Uh, but as far as like the nerve pain, it's cut out the nerve pain. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, I've got like kind of the grating, you know, just worn out pains. Okay. Um, but I still have, you know, shoulder, elbow, wrist, hands. My hands are getting kind of obnoxious because they like to swell up when storms are running through. Hmm. But you don't have RA or anything like that. My blood work is absolutely stinking perfect and it's maddening. Hmm. Yeah, it sucks. It really does. Um, it really does. So does the nerve pain feel like, let me see some other questions. Have you ever felt like your bones hurt? Yes. You've had that feeling of like my bones are bruised or aching. They ache, but there's no physical damage that is, you know, visible from the outside. And if I fuss with my joints, like there's no point where I can touch them that will cause it to hurt. It just hurts. It just hurts. Uh, does this have any, ooh, excuse me, does this have any relation to your period, your cycle at all? No. Okay. Um, pretty regular. I'm sorry. I know it's like 40 minutes in. And I'm like, you have pretty regular periods. <laughs> uh, I think so. I don't really track it anymore. I never really tracked it actually not super, at all. Not super oh, no. heavy though, or like last an awkward amount of time. Nothing like that. I mean, they're more frequent than I'd like. Like I get maybe three, three and a half weeks, but. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's all. I'm just asking all the questions. Um, You're fine. I think this is why in the old West, you would just eventually like leave your woman behind. <laughs> like, just be no. like, like she wore like, out. We'll get another one. 
Oh my God. It's terrible. It was a couple of weeks ago. I told my husband, like, I wouldn't blame you if you left me. Like you did not sign up for this. And he's like, well, you didn't sign up for my either. <laughs> what do you say? Like, like abandoned at the Walmart kind of thing. Like, just like, just like no, I mean, we were at home. I was feeling just terrible. Right. We had a snowstorm come through and those like, um, storms change of season and then when it gets really hot and humid in the summer Mm -hmm. those for some reason like those scenarios just wreck me and i like i'm just like a puddle like just a puddle full of pain would you be better would you you better than like phoenix do you think um maybe uh i mean we're better in missouri than we were in florida florida was miserable humid yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, the, the fall times here are pretty dry and that's one of my worst, um, one of the catalysts for starting to follow up on it again in, a couple of years ago and get re get the blood work done, which all came back normal except mm-hmm. for inflammation. Um, like there was one fall day I woke up and my hands felt like they were being crushed and that scared me, but Check for rheumatoid, check for lupus, check for fibromyalgia, um, Lyme, Lyme, what? fibromyalgia, yep. Lyme's disease, heavy metals. They do all that. They didn't check for heavy metals, okay. um, but you know, everything else came back clear. Um, huh? Came It all came back clear. Yep. Krista, do you ever um, self-medicate? I, so, oh, you know what? There is one little thing. There is one little thing. Um, so when I went to the neurologist, they actually gave me a brain scan for MS and that came back clear, mm-hmm. but they did a vitamin panel. My D, my D vitamin D was low or actually that was actually deficient. Um, yeah. So that one's deficient. And then my B12 was on the low end. So I started a multivitamin that has B12 and D. And then I recently started um, one that added iodine into the mix because I don't eat iodized salt. And I know that can do some, has I this, do listen to your podcast. That's where I got you, that, I, iodine. Thank you. Uh, does that happen? Uh, did that happen to impact anything? Not so far, yeah. but I, I, I keep wondering how many people are we going to have to test their vitamin D and it comes back low before we start acting like, well, that must be the normal level of people's uh, vitamin D at this point. I mean, um, like, not that it's not impactful and that you don't need it, but, I mean, it's happening to so many people that it's just, you know, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So, so question is, uh, and back to my question, do you ever find yourself so badly off that you have to self-medicate? Like, how do you manage pain before the stimulator? Um... Is this Let's a weird see. thing to ask? Because I'm basically asking no, if you No, it's drink really not. I just kind of have to think something. back. Yeah, like you smoking weed or drinking or like doing something harder. You know, I so weed is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no no judgment on the people who do it. It's just not my thing. Um, but before I had kids, I like I realized like when I was pregnant and after I had kids, because I wasn't drinking, I realized how much I self-medicated with alcohol for a really long time. For pain. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, probably for everything, but yeah, that was part of it. What's the other stuff? What's the other stuff? Oh, just life stuff. You know, life gets hard. I drink a little. I, You know, it's not my thing. And so I, I'm fascinated by it. 
Like, my, yeah, I don't know how to yeah. like, I don't know how to like, um, I can't commiserate with that for some reason. Like when life gets hard, like, I don't know what happens to me. I, I don't think to do that, but it's yeah. again, like not a judgment. I just, I mean, I'm sure if I thought to do it, I would do it. It, it just well, is mean, not popping so, in my head. It, I mean, it's not a bad thing since, you know, I've, since I've had kids and especially now with Calvin's diabetes, I drink even less because I can't bear the thought of not being in control of a situation mm-hmm. if something were to arise. Right. Um, so I've had to come up with other coping mechanisms. So gardening is a big one. Um, you know, bike riding is something I actually started before I had kids that I've gotten back into. And, and you're able to do that now. Really hmm? You're able to do that now. Yes. Good. So that was one of the really cool things about the spinal cord stimulator is that I got to get my biking back. Good for you. I'm actually doing a happy dance about that. How did you find out about the stimulator? Visit VA or a private doctor? Private doctor. I have not um, done much with the VA healthcare system yet because I mean, I get tired of fighting on the civilian side. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to fight the VA for the rest of my life. Okay. I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so my, so first I went to, when they found the injury, they sent me to neurosurgery um, and they talked about uh, spinal fusion, which is probably what I should have gotten instead of the spinal cord stimulator. The spinal cord stimulator was an option because I have two small children and I cannot commit the time for recovery for the spinal fusion. Like if I had the spinal fusion, I would be at high risk for subsequent surgeries because, you know, I have two small kids to take care of. Like hmm. I can't not. Lift That's such a scary and, thing to me. The idea of having back surgery is fr- if I find it frightening. I was terrified. I dang near canceled the day before because I was so scared because I read a stinking article about what can go wrong with this thing. Yeah. So you had a bulging but, disc and they were, and that they think that's where your pain comes from. Yeah. Um, hmm. It's terrible. Like I just, it's the worst kind of pain, like, cause it comes and goes and it feels like it's soft muscle, but it acts like it's structural. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Back pain's terrible. It, it really, it is. really is. Yeah. And like, I had gotten to the point where mine just didn't go away. Right. Um, how would you uh, characterize your stress and anxiety level? Why you laugh? <laughs> because if there is a chart, I would be like over in left field. <laughs> gotcha. There's a lot. Just, Good. Oh, it's just life stuff. Um, but I, you know, I I deal with it all right. Um, you know, it's just you kind of take things one step at a time. So there's something that my basic training instructor said that really sticks with me, um, and that's you know, it doesn't get better. You get better. And so that's kind of the mentality that I just roll forward with, you know, every, every forward motion counts Mm -hmm. and it's okay to backpedal like heck it, take two steps back and just push forward again. Well, that's cool. I, that's really insightful actually. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about Calvin's diabetes and what you were faced with in the beginning and what you've learned so far and what's working and what's not working. So yeah, um, bring it on. Yeah. My so husband we- actually gets really annoyed about how much I talk about Calvin's diabetes. Oh, uh, guess what? This am your time. So uh, you're going to, you're going to get to <laughs> talk about it as much as you want. Um, uh, diagnosed, he sends him home. He's a little kid. They give you a pen. They did. Um, we had, um, so they sent us home with the junior quick pens 
And I had um, put, I, so when we first got our prescriptions, TRICARE had us go through Express Scripts pharmacies mm-hmm. and those stinkers had canceled the medication because they said they couldn't get in touch with the endos office. Our endos office is wonderful. So even early on, I knew that was a load of, you know, right. Um, so we, like I was in a stinking panic because Calvin ran out of insulin and <laughs> I was like ready to go down to Walmart with a credit card and just pay for it. Yeah. And the Walmart next to us, um, you know, they, we got an emergency authorization through so we could pick it up from Walmart, but Walmart gave us the pens that only had the whole units. So for a month there, until we got the junior quick packings back, I had to modify a 16 month old diet for whole unit dosages. Hmm. I was so mad. Yeah, no kidding. Those half unit syringes and uh, pens are a lifesaver when you have a little they kid. They really are. Was, was uh, Calvin still bottles at 16 months? He had. Uh, you know what? He was off bottles at that point. Uh, he was still eating a lot of rice cereal and a lot of purees, starting mm-hmm. solid food. Okay. okay. So, and and so what's the pro? I mean, he's on a slow acting right away. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was on Lantus. He's no, still on Lantus. No lot of for Calvin. He's not messing around. He's jumping right in. Um, so I've actually looked into that a little bit because, um, I remember you saying that Arden's potential honeymoon period was like three days. Um, and you know, I read, you know, I'm on the, I'm on Facebook quite a bit. So I read about other people's honeymoons and Calvin's, whether it's his pancreas kicking in, I wasn't sure if Lada played a factor. Um, but another thought has entered my mind of gastrointestinal issues, which is why I'm glad he gets tested for celiac annually, Mm -hmm. because it could be an absorption of glucose that makes this happen or a lack of absorption, but he pretty regularly like we have to adjust his lantus, like his, his, a lot of times his bolus stays fine. So I'm inclined to think his pancreas is doing something, but his baseline needs to be adjusted pretty frequently. How, how, how drastically from what to what? Um, so typically a unit and one of the challenges a lot of, a lot of times we get stuck between half units. So we kind of just waffle until he's solid on one or the other, yeah. you know, whether we want to fight the highs or the lows. Um, but so in this last fall, we actually had to back off his Lantus two units. Um, Cause I had moved him up because his body was running high. He had needed it. And then, you know, a couple of, weeks or a month later, all of a sudden he's just crashing. And it took me a minute to realize what was happening because we had never backed off the Atlantis before. Our kind of understanding was that once you're on, you know, this dosage, you just kind of go up from there as he grows. Mm -hmm. We didn't realize we would have to backpedal. So he would get into a blood sugar of like 130, 120, like a really nice spot for him, you know, a little buffer on each side. Yeah. And he would just start crashing. Hmm. So his Lantus, you know, he'd get into that good range and his Lantus would just yank him. Gotcha. And so we backed off a unit and it was still doing it, but a little bit less, you know, it was on a diagonal instead of a crash. Right, right. We backed off again. That's, that's kind of how we figured that out. Yeah. And how much does he weigh now versus how much did he weigh when he was diagnosed? He's about 30 pounds now. Yeah. Um, When he was diagnosed, he was still a little guy. 
I mean, I, I honestly can't remember his weight, yeah. but I want to say about half that. Okay. Wow. Okay. So he's gained a, a significant amount of weight since he's been diagnosed. Yep. Good. Good. Yep. Um, so are things easier now that he's gained weight? They were until he got the stomach virus. Yeah. Right. And then that's changed everything. I'm assuming yeah, it'll it's like go I'm working back. with a totally different body. Yeah. How, how what, how was it going? Like, like what, what, um, you said your husband uses uh Libre. Does your son use a CGM? Yes. The Dexcom. So when we first got the Dexcom, it was really frustrating um, because it seemed like his, he just, he had a lot of false readings. Like there was one day that was particularly scary. And my mom, like, so from the beginning, I really just kind of honed in on different trends and things. There was one day we were playing outside and at the time of day, typically he would, his blood sugar would start to come down, but his Dexcom showed that he was going up. And I was like, that's weird. I'm just going to double check. And he was actually low, um, like legitimately low, like, you know, fifties or sixties. Mm-hmm. And that scared the hell out of me. But, you know, since he's turned two and gotten older and gotten a little more meat on him, it's actually been a lot more accurate and it's saved our lives a couple of times. And um, especially with the stomach virus, like thankfully we had a really, really good sensor this last week. So I could actually figure things out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I assume that after the virus is completely cleared, you'll see some return to normalcy. That would be my expectation. Um, That's mine too. Yeah. Um, but you know, for, for right now, we're just rolling with what it is and trying to keep him in range as best we can with, with the tools that we have. What was his A1C when he was diagnosed? I have no idea. It wasn't pretty. I can tell you that. Yeah, what about but it wasn't. What? It wasn't significantly high either. Okay. How about his blood sugar when you got him to the hospital? Do you remember? Uh, not really. But I know. Again, it wasn't like it wasn't like outrageously high, but it was definitely high okay. diabetes because you know the the nurses checked his blood sugar and I like cussed like just oh my god, and um that's when I told the nurses you know his dad has type one you know that that's when I knew. What um? Where's my question? Uh, what what have his A one C's been so far in this first year? So we haven't been great, but we're getting better. Um, in the hospital last week, his A one C was six point eight. Oh, that's good. So. That's really good. So you're you're bringing it down. So you're figuring it out. So you're you're basically trying to keep him safe, let him eat, mm-hmm. let him grow, and slowly move in the direction you're looking for. Yes, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, especially with a little kid like that. And you have another young child too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on is what I'm saying. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. For the most part, I have my days. Like the other day I was just like, Oh my God, hell with this week. Like this is the worst, but (laughs) (laughs) my gosh. Um, are you working at this point or no? Um, I'm actually in grad school. Uh, library and information science, but it's an online program. So I can work my schedule aside from deadlines around everything that goes on around here. Gotcha. And you're done with the guard. Um, I am in, in active status um, for the medical out processing. So I get to keep my health benefits as long as I'm still in there, but you know, I'm not expected to um, go to Vermont and do drills or anything like that right now. Right. And your husband is, I'm sorry, is he in the service too, or is he works in the private sector? 
he's out now. He got out before Phoebe was born. And so he was a stay at home with Phoebe for the first year while I was finishing up my active duty assignment. Okay. I see. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? I mean, I always like talking about gardening. I love my garden. About gardening. But it, <laughs> it can only, it, it loosely relates to diabetes and it's the only way I can get my kids to eat a stinking vegetable. Oh, so they'll eat something that they've grown. No, they'll eat something if I'm eating it. Like they'll try something if it's something I'm actively eating. But if I put it on their plate, they won't have anything to do with it. That's interesting. But they'll eat yeah. what you eat. Yeah, Ooh, they'll try it. That's thoughtful. And yeah. What do you? All right, I'll, I'll bite. What are you growing, Carissa? What's what's helping you with your stress out there in the yard? So last year, so I love peppers. Peppers are just everything, and the hot peppers actually do help with my inflammation a little bit. I think it has to do with the release of endorphins. Um, so peppers, tomatoes, eggplants, I did okra for the first time last year and fresh okra is phenomenal. Um, I can't like, I've tried to do greens and I'm going to try Brussels sprouts again. They're a labor of love. They, they're interesting. They're difficult to grow. Um, uh, they kind of, they just have a really like the seed packet says, you know, one thing and then experience tells you something totally different. So I plant them in the spring. Just let them chill out for the summer, and then hopefully I'll get a harvest in the fall. That was my experience last year, and I am kind of planning for that the same. So I started them earlier, and I'm going to put them out earlier. Mm-hmm. Have you- um, I'm terrible at root veggies. Carrots are supposed to be easy to grow. Heck them. Can't do it. You can't do a carrot? Not yet. <laughs> Missouri, are there like, um, does like wind come whipping down the lane there? Do you get tornadoes, or am I thinking of the wrong part of the country? Oh, no, you're the right part of the country. Gotcha. That's, so that's <laughs> yeah. part of the fun, too. Um, you know, and it's funny because where we live, it's supposed to be, um, like tornadoes are historically a little bit more active here, but so far, knock on wood, like Bruno level, knock on wood on everything. Um, (laughs) if you haven't watched Encanto, that won't make much sense, but you know, it's, um, we've been fortunate so far last year. We really didn't have much of a storm system, even though like poor Kentucky got hammered um this this fall too like spring is the typical tornado season but we actually get a lot um of storm activity around the holidays like christmas new years i'm gonna say here just because it it fits um foods that that they say fight inflammation are tomatoes olive oil leafy greens like spinach kale collards fatty fish like salmon mackerel tuna sardines nuts like almonds walnuts and others uh, fruits like strawberries, blueberries, oranges, and cherries, and foods that they say, and this is from Harvard, um, are inflammatory, lard, processed meats, re- refined carbohydrates, sodas, fried foods. So I don't, have you had any luck impacting your your inflammation that way? Um. So the peppers, the hot peppers I found out help. Mm-hmm. Um, tomatoes, my stomach not good. does not always agree with. Okay. Um, I really have to be mindful of tomatoes. Um, I don't drink soda. Good. I just don't. Um, in my twenties, I drank a lot of Dr. Pepper and I just, I felt really sluggish. And I realized that one day, once I stopped, like once I went through a short stint where I wasn't drinking it, cause I couldn't afford it. I realized I felt better. <laughs> so I stopped drinking soda. High fructose corn syrup does not exist in this house. Good. No, that's excellent. I, I was, um, not was, but have 
been always interested as you travel south on the east coast there's a mm -hmm. line when you get underneath of it you can't even find a diet soda anywhere not that you like i'm not saying diet soda is better than soda i'm saying i'm saying listen if you want my opinion don't drink soda um but the um it's just interesting how if you're in a store and you can't find a diet version of a drink mm -hmm. to me that's cultural Right. Yeah. Like, like these, like what the store is saying is, look, if I put diet something in here and nobody gonna buy it. So yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't take up any space in my cooler for this. Even that I think I find kind of fascinating around soda. So does a, I hear people talk about soda. Like it's um, like it's a staple in their life a lot. Mm -hmm. That fascinates me really that, um, that it's not just something that somebody might have once in a while, but it's, it's something that's drank like consistently throughout every day. I don't know why our brains work that way. Um, we do it with carb counting too. Let me see if I can make sense for a second. Um, you know, you put a waffle on a plate uh, and you're like, how many carbs is this? And it has, I don't know, three tablespoons of syrup on it, which is probably light for anybody who's having a waffle. And it's hard to recognize that the syrup probably has more carbs in it than the waffle does. But, oh yeah. But it's smaller. Or right. it doesn't seem as substantial. So I don't think your brain works that way. You know, mm -hmm. like, like it's just as interesting that people don't tend to count the carbs for condiments, which yep. could very easily like add up quickly if you're having honey mustard or ketchup or things mm -hmm. like that. And it's, yep. it's, it's not thought of the same way. And for some reason, I think liquids are that too. Um, yeah. You know, like, oh, how do you eat? Oh, I eat great. But, you know, Nobody's for some reason is thinking about what's in the soda or what's in the th the liquid that you're drinking. Um, yeah. Every, or into that point, like, you know, if you have a salad, there are people out there that will literally soak their salad with salad dressing. And depending on the salad dressing, it's a terrible idea. My wife got a salad in a restaurant once and mm -hmm. um, they started bolusing her, her and Kelly were going to, or her and Arne were going to split it. And I was like, we should really look this up. I looked it up. The salad had like 90 carbs in it. I was like, how could a salad have 90 carbs? In it? <laughs> like, what, is that? what does that even mean? <laughs> like, like you're not actually having a salad. You've tricked yourself into believing you're eating something healthy at that point. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm listen, I'm not saying I don't roll into a restaurant once in a while and just completely throw caution to the wind and just like, I'm going to have this and this and this. Um, mm -hmm. But if in your mind, you know, I don't know, it's a cheeseburger and you're bolusing for just the bun and you're not bolusing for the topping or the fat that's going to slow down digestion and create a yeah. rise later. And, now the, <laughs> you know, and, and you don't realize that your body's going to, you know, take protein, something that has no carbs in it and break it down and store it as glucose. Like these are things that, you know, impact your blood sugars that make other people go like, oh, I, it's just diabetes. It's crazy. I don't know what happened. I only ate a cheeseburger. Um, yep. anyway. Yeah. I actually have a story about the learning to when, when we knew protein was needed and it's, it, it's one of those things that, um, so it's what I call the peanut butter sandwich. Scenario. The, the, wait, say I that again, the peanut it. butter, what? So it, the, the catalyst was a peanut butter sandwich. Okay. So typically, so I, feed the kids um breakfast and lunch with typically very little variation mm -hmm. um, as long as i know that they'll eat the first two meals of the day consistently i can experiment with dinner 
you know, they'll complain and refuse to eat and it's okay. Cause you know, they've, they, they get enough. Yeah. I got kids. Um, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so typically I would feed them chicken nuggets, but one day Calvin was coming down and I was like, you know, it'll be quicker if I do a peanut butter sandwich. So I made them peanut butter sandwiches. And I was talking on the phone with a friend from Vermont and his low alarm goes off. And I'm like, well, that's weird. You know, he never goes low at this time. So I gave him a low snack. No big deal. I keep chatting on the phone and he's going lower. And I'm just like, what? I thought Dexcom was off its rocker. So I finger poked him and Dexcom was spot on. Mm -hmm. And so I was like with my friend, I was like, I gotta go. (laughs) I I gotta, you know. Um, so the next day, well, I thought about it and I had seen, you know, other moms talking about, you know, foods like chicken nuggets have a lot of fat. And then I looked at the label and I was like, oh yeah, that's the case. Um, so the next day I did chicken nuggets and the expected response happened, no low. So the next day I tried the peanut butter sandwich again, this time I was prepared and he hit that low. And so that's when I realized I needed to dose for the protein. Like I needed to cons- create the discrepancy between the chicken nuggets and the peanut butter sandwich that would give me the same outcome. Mm. And that's where I started dosing for protein. Wow. Good for you. Well, way to pay attention. Carissa. Very nice. Um, are you generally, I have to go, I have to go get my teeth cleaned actually, but are it's <laughs> a weird thing to say, but I gotta get my teeth cleaned. Um, are you generally happy with the direction that Calvin's diabetes is headed in and your understanding of it? he's improving and that's really positive um we have a pump training scheduled for march 7th and that will be pretty huge that's great what kind of pump are you getting we did the t-slim and that actually so there's an interesting point about that too because with us having to potentially change insurances in the near future Mm -hmm. my husband's insurance is terrible it has a six thousand dollar deductible per person per year i know we're going to meet that and we can't afford it yeah so the t-slim the insurance now covered 90 percent of the t-slim and I asked the rep out of pocket, if we had to pay for supplies, what would that be monthly? $150 a month. I was like, oh. okay, that would suck. But I think I can manage that. So right. that's why we went with the T-slum. I would take whatever. I mean, if I was in a financial situation, I would take whichever one was affordable. Uh, that just makes sense. So yeah, yeah good yeah, for you. I have to kind of think ahead about that transition too. Will he use the control IQ, do you think? Eventually. Um, I, I'm... I'm glad we're starting off with the bees like you, because that'll give me a feel for it. And then, you know, once I can kind of understand how that works, then I'm more, I think, more able to understand how the algorithm is going to act. Okay. Did so, they, did they tell you you were starting with base like you, or did you ask to start with it? They told us we were starting base like you. And I okay. said, yeah, that's good. All right. Got it. Okay. Wow. Uh, Chris, I had a really nice time talking to you. I, think I will look back on this episode and say to myself, I have no idea what we talked about. And yet I enjoyed <laughs> myself. And I think those are the best ones. So thank you. I really yeah. appreciate you putting in the time and, and doing this with me. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. It's yeah, crazy. It was wonderful. I'd like to thank Carissa for coming on the show and sharing this story with us. I also want to thank InPen from Medtronic Diabetes and Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6. You can learn more about the InPen and get started today at InPenToday.com. You can also get started with the Dexcom G6 at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. You may be eligible 
for a free 10-day trial. Head over and find out. While I'm thanking people, let me thank you for listening, supporting, subscribing, and sharing the Juicebox podcast. If you're into helping people, especially people with type 1 diabetes, I'd like to ask you to go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. When you get there, fill out the survey completely and you've helped somebody. All you need to be is a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Join the registry complete the survey, help someone with type 1 diabetes, help yourself perhaps, and support the Juicebox podcast. You will do all of this in the fewer than 10 minutes that it will take to go to that link and complete the survey. The survey is very simple. You'll know all the answers to all the questions. It is also HIPAA compliant and completely anonymous. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to all of the sponsors and to T1D Exchange. When you take the time to click on my links or to type them in a browser, you're telling the sponsors that you came from the Juicebox Podcast, and that is a wonderful way to support the show. Are you looking for a vibrant and intelligent community around diabetes? Look no farther than the Facebook page the private Facebook page for the Juicebox Podcast. It's called Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. The group has over 28,000 members, and those members are responsible for between 70 and 110 new posts every day on the Facebook page. Every conceivable conversation around diabetes is happening at Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. You're going to see great questions, thoughtful answers, and supportive people. No matter if you're an adult living with type 1 diabetes or the caregiver of someone with type 1, this group is for you. Doesn't matter if you eat low carb or high carb or somewhere in between, your questions and thoughts are welcome on our Facebook page. I hope you check it out. Last little bit, if you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip series or the Defining Diabetes series or any of the other multitude of series that exist within the podcast. You can find them in a number of ways. They are at juiceboxpodcast.com. They are at diabetesprotip.com. And if you belong to the private Facebook group, you can find them listed in the featured tab. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider sharing it with someone else. That helps the podcast grow more than anything. Word of mouth is definitely how the show has become what it is. If you have already shared it with everybody you can think of, and you've bought an Omnipod or a Dexcom or supported one of the other sponsors, you've done the T1D Exchange survey, and now you're looking for another way to give back to the podcast, super simple, a five-star rating and a thoughtful review in whichever audio app you listen in would be amazing. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.